following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. sci-fi update i'm your host tony harper and i've decided to do a little bit of a change we're gonna call today's episode the kugel blitz um so for the past month i know i haven't produced anything i've been there's a few things that happened i had a bit of a run-in with a deer i'm okay the car wasn't so much i had a couple of friends cancel on me for doing my podcast and I realized maybe it's not fair to them to ask them always to show up for a podcast it is my podcast so why am I asking people to always show up I'd rather have people that want to be on the episode so when I initially thought of the idea I thought I'd always have a new guest on every week then I realized that I don't really have a lot of friends that want to get on the air I have a lot of friends that want to talk about sci-fi and you know do some stuff like that, but they don't really want to be on camera and on the air and, and talking with you guys at home about it. So I've decided to Google Blitz the entire show and basically rewind it, rethink about how I want things to go on, and change up the format a bit. Now, it's not going to be a complete format change. I'm still going to start off with the news um, I may not do this weekly, although I do plan on getting out a couple of um, episodes this week out because I'm on vacation still, and I haven't shown you guys love for about a month, so I wanted to get things caught back up to where I almost have a weekly episode um, in a year's time, um, so we'll see how that goes. Then I got to think about how I wanted things to change. Now, my friends suggested, hey, you should really do a Drunk Harper show. And I'm like, mm, legally that's not great. And I'm pretty sure there's a couple of things against YouTube and drinking on YouTube and things like that. Um, but they love hearing me kind of rant and rave about certain topics. So I'm still going to rant and rave about sci-fi topics with you guys on this show. Um, we're going to stick it to sci-fi topics. I may come out with another podcast. Um, we'll see if it comes out or not. I have a few ideas. Um, but this takes a lot of time to do even this episode, and that's part of the problem I was having. Uh, it was taking a long time to set up and find my friends that are willing to come out and do this. It was taking a long time to edit the show with the video afterwards. Um, it was just... It still is a lot of work. So I plan on putting in the work. Uh, it just, I plan on doing this a lot more at home. So you might see that studio change 
I plan on kind of doing this in my computer room that I have it going on right now because the computer desktop that I have is a high-end desktop and everything works smoother on this desktop and it's easier for me to uh, get things basically going and staying going and edit it all. It's easier if I do it all on one computer and there's only one file and I don't have to transfer from one computer to another computer and do a lot of that kind of stuff. So you will see me occasionally still out at the studio, um, but I'm not going to be doing it all that much. As a matter of fact, I haven't even told Matt, talked to him for about a month and he's been very gracious about not asking me what's going on. Um, I did pay him ahead of time, so you know, I'm sure he's fine with what's going on, and he fully understands the amount of craziness that he has to go through to put on a podcast. So when I do do have guests on, do do whatever, um, I still plan on having guests on, but I plan on trying to do Skype and have them more on the computer in the background, have them where you'll see the audio, the video and audio editing happening a little differently um i'm hoping that works we'll have to see how well that works or doesn't work as time goes on and then i still plan on doing like a news segment i plan on doing what we're going to call a harper rave um it's going to be me talking about a particular sci-fi subject once a week and then I'll go into um, a different subject or a different, some kind of editorial on something that happened in the sci-fi universe. I did find a new information channel to go through that I like a lot called Locus, Locutus, L-O-C-U-S dot com. Um, Do like and subscribe to those guys if you can. Um, they are a great news source, a great source for, of information for science fiction and fantasy. If you guys are really out there looking for that kind of stuff. Um, also, let them know that I sent you their way. All right, so let's get into the news for today. And I pulled it up on the Locuta site. Uh, one of the things I did want to talk about is FantasyCon Returns for 2022. This is in London, um, it's at the Heathrow. It's not at Heathrow. Uh, it's the Radisson Hotel in Heathrow, September seventeenth and eighteenth of twenty twenty two. Collins, a very big uh, publisher, has a possible union strike coming up on July twentieth. Um, I'm pretty sure they are fighting for more wages and all that kind of stuff. And like some of my friends say, pay your people, pay your taxes. Um, Make sure that we're doing everything the right way as much as possible. In some sad news, I do have to report a few deaths, science fiction writer deaths. Dorothy Hitt, H-E-Y-D-T, also known as Catherine Blake, has uh, died at the age of 80, unfortunately, June 28th of 2022. She's known for writing The Interior Life, A Point of Horror, 
The Witch of Syracuse and stories you've never heard of, along with several others. Um, along with Barbara Heidelman. Uh, she wrote uh, as Barbara Delaplace, July, died July 7th of 2022. She's a uh, Horrific short fiction writer. Um, Legends Never Die, Modern Mansions. She also wrote with several other people, Trading Up, and that'll be the date. Um, there is a steampunk and fantasy museum that has opened up in Romania. Um, sounds very interesting, and if I ever get a chance to go to Transylvania and Romania... I am going to check this place out. Uh, a bunch of award shows happened while I was away. I'm not going to go through the award shows too much. But uh, Arthur C. Clarke Awards, Prometheus Awards, winners were announced, the Heinland Scholarship, uh, along with the Henry Etta Bradford Writing Competition, has all happened. Um, the Science Fiction and Fantasy Writers Association had a data breach. That happened on May 21st of 2022. Uh, someone using their credentials accessed their members-only directory and um, basically took all member-facing data. It basically includes their email, telephone, and websites um, from the site for anybody that was part of the Science Fiction and Fantasy Writers Association. Your data was hacked. You're going to find that this is going to happen a lot more often. Um, everybody's out there trying to hack all the data out in the world. Let's see, what else do I have in here that happened while we were gone? Uh, I don't know. Bane Fantasy Awareness. I like Bane. Let's see if there's anything else. There wasn't anything that was else that was huge in here while I've been gone, except for a bunch of awards that were written about. I do want to announce a few science fiction books that have come out. Um, Upgrade by Blake Crouch comes out July 19th. The Daughter of Dr. Moreau comes out July 20th, or July 12th. Uh, that didn't sound like a science fiction book. Part of the problem is, is the, uh, the book that I'm using doesn't have all just science fiction stuff in it. Uh, I knew there was another one I was going to mention in here that was coming out here soon. Eclipse of the Moon, that also comes out July 20th by Jesse Mihalik. The Night Shift uh, comes out July 26th by... Yeah, I can't say her name. Uh, A Half-Built Garden by... Ruth Anna Emery's was another one that was coming out. So if you guys are interested in science fiction books, keep your eye out for those. 
And then today we're going to go into the Harper Rave. So the Harper Rave is going to cover the Umbrella Academy. Uh, really enjoyed the series. Really hated the science fiction behind it. Um, the storytelling was all right, but I feel the writers took a lot of shortcuts and the Kugel Blitz or Kegel Blitz or whatever they want to call it um, was part of that problem. It was this time and universe destroying paradox thing that happened and as interesting as it was in the Umbrella Academy fighting that kind of thing it was just like I said it felt like the writers took some shortcuts and well the story was alright it wasn't bad and the acting wasn't bad I'm still not a big fan of five although I do like the actors playing five somewhat um I just think that having a kid trying to portray the mindset of a 50-year-old and not mentioning anything that... And again, they covered this in the fiction because of his time travel abilities. He didn't actually have any of these um, experiences, I would say, because... Let's see, the Umbrella Academy was born like 1989. So they'd all be a Gen X family. Or Gen Y family, sorry. Not X, because I'm Gen X. And even though he aged and all that kind of stuff, he just... He didn't cover anything that would have been part of their stuff growing up. Um... You would think that he would be remembering stuff like Pokemon or any of that stuff that Gen Y people uh, talk a lot about today as far as fiction and fantasy and, and cartoons and all that kind of stuff. And he just doesn't show that history in his character very well. Now, again, he got transported out to a time and place in the universe where he had basically destroyed the universe or the people on the planet from his time-shifting stuff, and nobody existed in this time frame, he still would have had those childhood memories and would have brought all that stuff up, and he would have spent those years not only defining himself as a man, but defining all that kind of stuff. And I think his personality would have been different than what they've portrayed here on the show. And that's why I I think Five... Well, the actors doing a phenomenal job of trying to portray an older character. It's just too bland and not specific enough for the time frame. Um, And again, I think it's because of lazy writing. Um, There's a lot that they're trying to shove into the show, which I don't know if it all makes sense or doesn't make sense. Granted, with this kind of fantasy sci-fi show, it doesn't have to. And I do enjoy the show itself. I just think that they could have done a better job. Um, it needed to be a lot more specific. So if there's an Umbrella Season 4, he really does need to have a lot more specific references to his childhood because that's what older people always talk about. It, you know, 
when I was a kid, I walked uphill in the snow both ways, you know, and he doesn't really do enough of that. So there's that. There's the Harper Rave. Today's episode was going to be a um, review of something, and I lost track of my head for a second. So give me a second. I'm going to pause my video and come back. Okay, and now I'm back. So I remembered what I was going to do, and I took care of a couple of small things. And what I was going to talk about today, because it led right in with my um, Umbrella Academy, was time travel. Is it possible? Is it something that is real? What could really happen with it? So um, I spent a few more seconds just doing some more remembering and research and all that kind of stuff. Time travel is sort of possible, but sort of not possible at the same time. The best way to explain it would be Ender's Game. Um, If you guys have seen the movie or read the book, Ender's Game is realistically the closest to time travel you can possibly get. And as you go um, closer to the speed of light, time for you slows down. But time for a person standing on Earth um, keeps moving at the same relative speed. Got to remember how time even works, though, guys. So if we're talking about time, it is really in relation to something else and how it moves through the, the universe. So realistically, our concept of time is just that hand dial kind of slowly turning, going around and all all that kind of stuff. But what is causing that hand dial to turn? Well, it's the mechanics on the inside causing that oscillation going back and forth, predicting a fairly relative um, place in time. And as science has got better and more science was applied to things, they, they went to an atomic clock. And the rate of radioactive decay was very constant. It was real easy to determine a length of time for a given point in time. Problem is, as you go faster than the speed of light, or even faster than what we're traveling here on Earth, take uh, GPS satellites, for example. <clears throat> the GPS satellites are traveling at like 28,500 miles an hour around the, the Earth. They're traveling faster than the Earth is, um, spinning and rotating around itself. So therefore, that time difference between the two is almost like a second difference at a day. And over time, that second adds up. And since they're GPS satellites, they're telling us our position on the ground. Even at a second time delay, that can move where it thinks you are by a whole mile or more. So what we do is we use a lot of math to calculate the differences and constantly adjust things over. So, (coughs) excuse me, guys. So things like GPS and your phone and all that kind of stuff compensates automatically for that. So when we're talking about traveling faster than time and traveling through time at a different rate. It's really 
the faster that we're going, the difference that the time is going going to be for ourselves. So let's take an example of two twin astronauts, um, Mark and who was the other? Who was his twin? Um, Kelly, Mark Kelly and Scott Kelly. That was who his twins was. Uh, Scott Kelly spent 528 or 520 days in orbit, where Mark only logged in 54 days in orbit. And technically, there was a six-minute difference between when they were born. But overall, now that Scott's been up in orbit longer, um, or actually, now that Mark was on the ground longer, um, that time difference for Mark expanded by about five milliseconds. I know it's not a large time frame, but it, it does add up over time. Um, and they were closer and going at a slower speed than the uh, GPS satellites because the International Space Station only does about 17,500 miles an hour. So time travel itself is plausible, but it's not really the way it's typically used in science fiction, which Ender's Game probably does the best time travel based off our current technology and best understanding of the science behind it, uh, in that that they speed somebody up to the speed of light, have them circle around, and then come back to towards Earth about 100 years later, even though about two years have passed for him on this spaceship, he is now in a position to fight the aliens that took us almost 100 years to get our spaceships into place for the battle for Ender's Game. Um, and that brings us back to how do they communicate, though, right? How does this faster-than-time work? Well, we've already seen some stuff called um, spooky action. All right, It's when we can link two molecules up and get them to... Um, what's the word for it? Um... They synchronize themselves. They are... Uh, give me a second. What's it called again? I'm going to just do a quick Google search. Um, I know that Einstein called it spooky action at a distance. Uh, quantum field theory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I know it's... What do we call that, though? Um... God damn it. Anyway, they're quantum linked, basically. And anytime one of them spins, the other one spins either in the exact opposite way or the exact same way. And you're able to communicate over that distance between them faster than even the speed of light. <clears throat> so we know this because there's been experiments been done and they recently set a record um, using fiber optic cables and all that kind of stuff and the distance that they were from one another was over 20 kilometers away from one another via the fiber optic cable though realistically the uh, distance between the two particles themselves weren't 
that far apart. They were about two buildings apart on this campus, but they sent it down a fiber optic cable 20 miles away and back, and then read the differences between the two, both in real time, to see when it changed, how quickly it changed, and that kind of stuff. And they did notice that change instantaneously, which is why they were closer together. It was to it was easier for them to sync up and do the timing easier for them. So Ender's Game uses that in what they call the Ansible. Um, it's a long-range communications device that basically has your two quantum-linked uh, particles that are whatever distance apart, and when you change the data on the one, the other one correspondingly changes as well. That creates your spooky action at a distance, allowing that faster-than-light travel, um, which I think is a really cool and neat idea. Realistically, I think that's the only way that we're going to be able to do long-distance communications like that. Um, however, realistically, humans still aren't built for space. So us really getting much further than Mars is still going to be a challenge for us for the most part because of the fact that our biology doesn't allow us to do those kind of insane amounts of changes. And if you've read or watched The Expanse and seen how some of the bodies elongated and changed over time and no longer can withstand the gravity pressures on Earth, that would happen, but realistically, I don't think we would survive outside of one or two generations outside of Earth's gravity uh, in deep space. Now, on Mars, it's possibility that we can survive several generations and either build up an immunity to the lower gravity on Mars or do something we can increase the gravity uh, through centrifugal force that is currently the Japanese's way of counteracting that um, gravity difference there um, and then we'll need those ansibles and those faster than light communication things to happen to be able to talk to one another in near instantaneous time. And it will work fairly well while we're in the solar system. And once we try to get outside of the solar system, time and space and all that, it's just going to be longer. And we're going to age quicker on Earth. And when we're trying to travel that far, even though you're not going to age as quickly on your spaceship, um, you will still be traveling through time because you are now moving quicker than we are here on Earth. And everybody on Earth here, that communication is actually going to delay using an Ansible. Um, the person on the Starship would be able to talk or do whatever, but by the time the communication's transferred back, it may be uh, a six months to a year has passed on Earth and Earth can do that instant response, but by the time they actually get it on the Ansible up there, it'll be near instantaneous response for them, but on Earth it'll be three to six months time difference. Uh, so communication would be really odd to just watch somebody grow older as you can see them on the screen and you're doing those long difference things. 
And that's the other thing. I think psychologically, humans aren't going to be set up to handle that. Right now, people are really stressed out in the environment that we have with this information overload that a lot of people tend to deal with or tend to allow to happen to themselves. Um, and that's why it's always nice to escape into a book or some other kind of science fiction thing, just to give yourself that break from reality type of thing. But a lot of psychology and all that kind of stuff, I mean, a lot of people are just so hyped from all the COVID things, so hyped from everything that's been going on in their lives that I think psychology, the human psychosis mind might break in some of those kind of long-term things. I mean, even though you'll be able to see your loved ones go over time, but even in your loved ones here on, on the planet will be probably super jealous of you for not getting any kind of older while you're up there on that ship. Actually, the response from Earth will be so... I don't know. I don't know if it'd be so quick because of that time difference. But realistically, that particle is not going to be moving any differently in speed from there. So I think it's going to work out pretty much the same. But it just, it would seem like what they, what would take you like five minutes conversation maybe to, to say down to them. It may take them three months for the response to get back or something like that. I was just thinking that that particle may be moving at a different speed, at speed than the other one and there'd be like a millisecond for you to get the information. But realistically, it's not how it would work because, again, this particle and this particle are going to be moving at the same speed no matter what that distance and speed dis- difference is. As long as they were quantum entangled. Fuck me. Can't believe it took me so long to remember quantum entanglement. That's how that works. Mm. Pissing me off. All right, guys. Um, I think the new episodes are going to be slightly shorter like this one. Um, I might try to add some more stuff into it. Uh, later on at a different date and time. Um, I do know the videos will be easier for me to edit if I keep it shorter to about a half an hour to 45 minutes now in time. So that's really what I think I'm going to be looking out for. And again, um, if I do decide to do a new uh, spin-off show, I'll let you guys know first here on this on the thing, but it won't be sci-fi based. It'll be me basically doing this rant and rave kind of like I'm doing right now Uh, my friends think I'm hilarious when I'm drunk and doing the tangent thing when I'm drunk but I don't know if I'll be drunk for the show or not Um, again thanks for listening Uh, do take the time to like subscribe and share if you do like this show Uh, sorry Matt for taking so long for getting back to you and getting the show back and going again Uh, but thank you all for listening or staying tuned and new episodes should be coming out quicker like i said i expect to do another one tomorrow to finally get my comic-con show out there um and edited and that kind of stuff and then i'll probably do another show thursday or friday as well look for a new release date and time uh i think my shows will come out weekly on Friday or Saturday, since my new day's off are on Friday. Um, I like them to be released on Friday or Friday night to better match up with the weekend and having you guys 
listen and enjoy this more on the weekend versus a Tuesday release date. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye.